this is author Delilah S. Dawson, writer of Star Wars Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade and also Phasma and Black Spire. And you are listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. A Utini Podcast Network production. Stay calm, it's all part of the plan. Episode 228, Rise of the Red Blade Roundtable. I need to know more. On this episode, Wes is about to hand out his own special brand of justice. Lubed, moist, and other words you shouldn't say on a podcast. Oh, you're welcome. And the Utini crew talks about the latest Star Wars novel by Delilah S. Dawson, Rise of the Red Blade. But I've learned more about his Inquisitors. And now, here are your hosts. Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins. Utini! Hello, everyone! Welcome to the Living Force, the Utini Network podcast. Tonight, all about Inquisitor, Rise of the Red Blade... I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight to talk all about the latest release from the world of Penguin Random House Worlds is the full crew back together again. It feels like it's been an age, uh, but now coming from his 18th new set in the last six months, it's Dr. Corey Helton. What is happening? Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Thank you. I have moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. We've been here for six days. The office is finally starting to look put together a little bit. Uh, this probably won't be my set forever. We had a lot of work to do still, but uh, hello. I'm glad to have moved. You know what never gets any better? Moving. It always sucks every time. <laughs> it's always is that terrible. A, is that, that is a toolbox behind you? It is. It's for sale if you want to buy it. I'm trying to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon exclusive reward. You get the Facebook Marketplace link for Corey's toolbox. How long have you had this toolbox? Oh, a couple seasons. It's for sale if you want it. <laughs> Well, you know what also never gets better because he's perfect every week. It's Dr. Charles Hankel. Welcome back, man. We missed you. What's going on? I know. Uh, You know how you never have to worry about moving again, Corey? You convince Mm -hmm. your friends that where you live is the best. And then they all move there. And then everything you see back here, nothing's different. Nothing's changed. It's still here. Nothing's changed at all. You are the consistent. You are the rock. But the man who is the wind that erodes the rock, the seas that form the continental shelf, the power of all powers, the hurricane that hit Los Angeles, actually. Little known fact. It's Wes Jenkins. Hey, buddy. <laughs> wow. It's my fault. You did that. It's my fault. What's up, everyone? Um, I had a hell of a time listening to this book. I think I put it down in about four days total. I took two long chunks while I was, uh, surprise, surprise, building another keyboard. I swear I am done building them. <laughs> God. No, you're not. No, you didn't. Built yeah, another did. one? Oh, I my God. built another God. one. This one was for work. So, you know, basically, if I, like, want to go to Starbucks and work, then I had to make a new keyboard for that. And then if I want to work in the bathroom, I got to get a Bluetooth one, so I got to build one for that. Sounds like a lot of write-offs to me, Wes. I'm just saying. I wish I wish I could write that off on what that whatever the hell the Captivate or um, Concur. That damn website Concur, concur? that tracks everybody's spending. Concur? It sucks. Yeah. Oh, you do. you can write that. Just <laughs> find the right tax guy. I'm sure you can write that off. Um, but you know what we're not here to do is encourage tax fraud. What we are here to do is encourage love of Star Wars. Um, so like I said tonight, we're talking about Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. Everybody that is watching, hello, welcome, thank you, we love you. Everyone that's listening, hello, welcome, we love you. Um, before we get into the book, though, I do want to 
do a brief update from last week. I did tell you all that the 2023 Utini Fantasy Football Draft was going to happen. It did. This is our third year doing the league. Wes, I want to ask you, just very briefly, how did you feel the draft went? And how do you feel about your team going into next year? Everyone that doesn't know sports, <laughs> scroll like 90 seconds. We'll be real quick. The best thing about this draft with the Utini people was it was a keeper league. And I got to keep two players that were pretty far down into the draft slot that got picked like early in the draft. So my sixth pick, I believe, was Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. And then my 12th pick was Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson usually will go around in the second round, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I got him in round 12. Hell yeah. But... Um, <laughs> My draft was somewhat like my first draft that I had uh, last Saturday. Um, so it was similar, and then I got the draft grade back for the Saturday one, and I got a D. I've never you gotten got a, a D. D? Who'd you draft Ever. with? Who'd you get rid of? That's I don't know. They told me that James Cook was the worst pick that I had ever made in my entire life and my <laughs> entire existence of fantasy football. And I was like, I read something where he was good. <laughs> oh. So that probably tanked me for a little bit, but... Having everybody there was pretty awesome. So we had every all the banter going. We had the, we had football music going in the background. Thank you, Eric, the commission. Yep, um, yep. Yeah, and it was just constant talking. So I couldn't concentrate on which on which guy I needed to pick. So a couple of times we were just talking. We're like, Strategy. oh shit, we had ten <laughs> seconds left to pick. It was like, oh, I'll pick that guy. You know? Yeah. So, it was fun, but it was distracting all at the same time. <laughs> it's the perfect balance. Yeah, we had a Zoom call. We have a 14-team league. I think we had 11 people in the Zoom. Highly recommend for any of y'all playing fantasy sports. Put on a Zoom call for folks that can't be there. If you can't be in person, throw on some music. We had two Alabama fans, so I put on the audio of Auburn winning the Iron Bowl to distract them. That seemed to work well as well. Um, I also had a lovely time. Uh, I feel okay about my team. Uh, I picked Jamar Chase with the third pick. I'm a little concerned that I got a little I, – I broke my own rule when I drafted Dak Prescott. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to do my home quarterback because then I just get real mad at him when we lose and I lose fantasy. Uh, but I hope we'll have a better year. Caroline, I'm looking at you. I'm still mad at you for taking Trevor Lawrence in the fifth. Fourth round. That's where I wanted him. But we'll keep you all posted. We're going to have a fun year uh, playing along. And to anyone else that plays fantasy football – Check in on your draft mates. Have some Zoom calls. Have a few brews. Just enjoy enjoy together. That's basically what we're doing here every week is hanging out and talking other stuff. Um, although, one more thing I did want to touch on. I, I said we were going to get right to the book, but Wes put something in the outline that I don't think we've ever talked about on this show <laughs> in 228 episodes. Wes, what, what, what is this? What is going on in your week? All right. So I haven't said anything to anybody except for Bethany, but I've been – Trying not to dwell on it, but I have something to do tomorrow to that I hope that was going to be dismissed. And when you say dismissed, I probably gave it away. But I have to do my civic duty tomorrow and go to jury duty. I was supposed to check today at 5 o'clock to see if it was dismissed. And no, it is not dismissed. I have to be there at 9 a.m. tomorrow to send somebody to prison. Um, so Did you tell no, them you That's not what you have to that's do. Not what Jesus. Of course Did, that's Do you want to get out that. of jury duty? Because that's what you freaking say, bro. <laughs> did you? Oh, no, did I forgot the Texas jury. Never mind. Everyone's guilty in Texas. I forget. Did you Jesus. tell them you have a keyboard to build? Did they even take that into account? 
I'm gonna bring all three of them up there that I have with me today. Four, I have four over here right now. And oh it's like, oh, what, is this, do I bring these for everybody to, you know, to do their jury duty in and to send this guy to prison? Because that's what we're doing today, right? We're just reading over some affidavits. This and is all a formality. Help me out, yeah. Help me out, Jacob. But uh, I'm gonna send that guy to prison, right? Yeah. Or gal. Girls go to prison too. They do. <laughs> you should ask the person doing the court transcription. You're like, hey, are those switches lubed? Like, those, they, I'm not. It sounded bad. The tactile nature of the. Of the <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out here. <laughs> Hear me out here. Patreon exclusive live from the courthouse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> West live streams. I, I'm sure they don't let you record with your phone, but there are live streams of like court cases all the time. Oh, yeah. Are there, like do, they, Simpson, do they have Twitch drops case. for court? If, <laughs> if I watch you, like, three hours of a trial, can no. I get a Twitch drop? <laughs> if you somehow get drawn in the background of like a courtroom sketch... Please, please get a copy so we oh, can Oh, of course. Share. Oh, my I would, God. I, I wouldn't just get a copy. I would get, like, somebody to recreate it, like, hand-drawn with colors. And I would oh, put wow. that up, like, above my bed. It's like that. I'm famous. That's where I was doing my – I was doing the government's work, and I helped out, you know, people in Fort Bend County, Texas. There you go. Like well, the letter, the letter that I got was yeah. like, there are not enough people coming to do to jury duty, so we need your help. Everybody is slacking, and we need more people to come. I was like, what did I do? I'm I'm not <laughs> even old enough to go to jury. <laughs> it's not true. You're like but... it's the law. I don't. <laughs> why? Like it's the law. I guess I have to, right? Look at the constitution yes. or something. Yes, correct. So that's where I'll be tomorrow. Um, Good luck. I get off of work, I guess. I don't know if that even counts as anything, but apparently I get like $6 for nothing because you can't buy anything with $6. That's right. So hopefully, you know, there's a food truck outside and I can ask for condiments. You know what you can get for $6, (laughs) though, Wes? Patreon for Utini over at patreon.com slash Utini. That would be just fine, and you can join... Such elite Patreon members as the returning champions of Patreon. That's right, everyone. You've been waiting for it. You've been wanting it. Sally and Chris Eilerson have returned to the Alliance High Command. My mom found the credit card that they canceled and put it back on the account, everybody. My parents have returned, and now I have to say their name at the end of every show. I love you both dearly. They're both retired, and I call them a lot. Go call call your parents, everybody. Tell them to join Patreon. Because if they do... They will receive a bunch of great benefits, including an exclusive roundtable coming up later this month with Servants of the Empire. We already teased that last week. It's coming. The Rebels Junior novels uh, that came out, I think, a decade ago. Our team talked about those. And as a quick reminder, if you missed it last week, Patreon feeds are now available on Spotify. Check the Patreon announcement for more info on that and listen in your preferred audio provider. Last reminder before we get to Rise of the Red Blade stuff this week. Next week, August 29th, next Tuesday, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi, which is seven feet out of reach, unfortunately, so I don't have it on me, um, is coming out. And as always, a Utini review will be posted on that day. But make sure you get your pre-orders in so you can enjoy the anthology for the final original trilogy film. All right, fellas. It's that time of month again. It seems it is roundtable slash open discussion night. If you're new to these, we're going to do a full spoiler discussion about Delilah S. Dawson's latest release, Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. And we're just going to kind of talk about it. We are friends at a coffee shop at a bar talking about a thing we all read. We're going to talk about some things we liked, some things we didn't. We might talk about those weird S's that you had to draw in middle school. Go back a couple episodes if you don't get that reference. Uh, But (laughs) if anything else... Buckle in, and 
know that we basically haven't talked about this off mic that much. We try to keep everything as fresh as possible. So, guys, I want to start this the same way we start everyone, and then we'll branch off. How did you consume this book, ebook, physical book, audio, or a combo? Um, I did mostly, I did half ebook and half physical book, no audio book. Charles, what did you I do for this one? I broke my own rule. Uh, I think I've told you guys I'm not buying the physical copies anymore unless I really love it and then I'll buy it after the fact. So I started ebook and I was going too slow and I was going to have some time on the road. So I did audiobook for probably a good third of it. Okay. Fantastic. Charles, who famously can't pay attention to audiobooks. Very interested right. for your thoughts. Uh, Corey, <laughs> what did you do, buddy? I read this book entirely on Kindle. Um, I got stuck in Atlanta going to Nashville a couple weeks ago for like mm-hmm. seven hours, and I read like 60% of it then. I read the rest of it on my travels back. So all Kindle for me. Nice. Another read uh, purposely done because of inconvenience. Uh, two for that two. is correct. <laughs> uh, so, Wes, uh, I know you did You did all audio for this one, did you say, in like four big yes. chunks? did all audiobook. Um, I did about two hours on – Monday? Last Monday, about two hours, and then I did some heavy sessions building that keyboard. So I had, a, heavy. I had plenty of time because, you know, Corey had to lube them switches, and it, I, I, it was Woo! a full keyboard. Was Stop saying lubed switches. on our show. We're going to get canceled from YouTube. Jesus. <laughs> I had to make those switches moist. Oh, so it's I, worse. <laughs> so wow. I had 100, 101 of them to do, so it took like three and a half hours. So that's why I was... Audiobook virgin couldn't All read right. and do it at the same time. Audiobook virgin, he says. Virgin. Anyway, um, okay. <laughs> and also, we never do this, but I thought this would be interesting. Uh, I didn't tell you guys about this, but before we talk about our thoughts on the book, I thought I'd tell you guys what the Goodreads score and the Audible score are of this book. That's fun. Um, the two probably most popular rating systems both just happen to be owned by Amazon. Um. With 624 ratings, this book currently has a 4.47 on Goodreads out of 5. And on Audible, it currently has a 4.8 with 173 votes. So, wow. all very high. That is high. high for Goodreads. That is very high. Very for high. Everything above um, like a 4.5 is like, yeah. isn't the high, I think the highest rated book on Goodreads, like period, is like 4.76 words of yeah, radiance. Okay. Um, That's but right. that we has like 300,000 ratings. So once you get over 100,000 ratings, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, speaking of mileage, you may vary, guys. Uh, anyone want to just start us off on just how was the experience of reading the book? Did we have fun? Good question. Good question. My experience was shadowed with inconvenience, as you said. That's right. Uh, airport so, travel. Yeah, airport travel. I got deboarded twice. Did I say that last week? I'm not sure if I you mentioned did. that last week. Yeah, the case was playing twice. That was brutal. Um, but uh, this book was an okay experience. I mean, I like Dawson a lot. I like Phasma a lot. You know, I've kind of been one of the louder proponents of Phasma on this show. I sort of knew what to expect going into it. And I don't really know that this book met my expectations, as brutal as that is. Like, Mm -hmm. Phasma is bordering on a masterpiece for me. I mean, I really think a book is phenomenal. I mean, it's so, Mm -hmm. so good, the way it perfectly carves out that backstory. And this book, to me, really did not have that oomph that Phasma had, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, though... The if there were a lot of sort of editing 
oddities. Like there was a lot of, I think I counted like three different transitions to a new part of the story that started with something like Iscot was walking around the temple or one day Iscot was walking around the temple. It's like, that was jarring. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it felt like the plot was really forced forward in odd places. There was a strange part of the book where she was Batman for like six paragraphs and then that was over. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Like it was, it was a strange experience. Like, (laughs) <laughs> it's we 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 have I have such I have such a hard time like living in the moment in Star Wars books nowadays because we mm-hmm. we we're on a Star Wars podcast and I've run a Star Wars company and like my entire life is like Star Wars for a not insignificant percentage of the hours right so mm-hmm. it's hard for me to just let loose and completely be immersed in a book and kind of suspend disbelief like that's we've talked about that with the shows yeah. too right it's hard to suspend disbelief it's only there's like rare moments when you're able to really just get completely immersed in the content. And there's those moments in this book to me were, were pretty few and far between, to be honest. Like I felt like I was reading the book with a very critical eye. And mm. usually when that happens, it, it, it's just a result of not really being fully immersed. So I didn't love the book to be honest. Uh, but you know, I'm interested to see what, what part of the experience I may have missed compared to y'all's experience. I know yeah, you well, liked it much more than all of us, I think, Eric. So I did, and, and you, you make a good point on that, too, about, like, because of the nature of how we talk about Star Wars and the nature of our show and the nature of our company, like, totally just checking out and, and enjoying <clears throat> something for what it is, is is harder, I think, because it's hard to just get in that framework. And I, I agree that there were, a lot of, there were a lot of points in this book where I felt myself kind of, like, almost reading from above myself, like, kind of seeing myself read and wonder what I was thinking about it and wondering about my rating, which I also think is a very kind of modern context. Like, what's my star rating in this movie? What am I going to do with this book? But for this one, I, I it was interesting because I really enjoyed a lot of parts of it. And I thought the beginning dragged for me. I didn't. I found it hard to find motivation to pick it up for the first probably half or so, Like, which, which is, again, it's full spoilers, the Jedi part, essentially. I thought it was written fine and i didn't quite get the momentum until the inquisitor shifts happens order 66 happens within the confines of the book but then i will say personally i was like you know what i get why that all had to be there even though in the moment the experience wasn't as exciting for me the stuff for the inquisitor the the moments in her inquisitor journey hit hard because i had the context of her learning to fight i had the context of her getting bullied I, I had the context of all these things and then like once we hit the inquisitor part i really kind of flew through it and there were occasional bits um where the pacing felt off like you mentioned those kind of abrupt shifts here and there um the whole part of about Picori and her finding her people which we'll talk about in a little more detail was cool but i thought was a little rushed uh, there were other moments that i thought dragged so while the, the character as a whole, I thought the character work was great, and I felt very immersed in her story, the the ins and outs of the book, I thought, could have had a little smoother flow for me, I guess is my main thing. Still a good time, but the flow was a little off. Yeah, I think I agree with a lot of the points you guys are saying. I have some likes and some dislikes that are, like, very specific. Hit okay, it. So... I like Delilah S. Dawson's writing style. I think she writes really well. I did not care for this story. Why didn't I care for this story? A few reasons. One, 
it felt a little bit derivative to me. Like there were a lot of aspects that just kind of were Anakin's story, even down to like the rivalry with Mace Windu and like mm. somehow Palpatine was even grooming Iscat kind of to become an Inquisitor and uh, they were holding her back and all this kind of stuff. I don't all of that, it felt a little bit derivative and not as good as Anakin's story to me. So it, mm-hmm. I didn't love that part of it. Um, what I did enjoy was seeing the more common person's experience of the Clone Wars, right? Because for the most part, we've seen that through Anakin's eyes and then later on kind of through Ahsoka's eyes. But she was so inherently attached to the Chosen One. We never really got right. the people who were kind of forgotten in the whole process and Iscat really represented that. So that part I did enjoy. I think there were massive missteps once again with marketing for this book, or at least that's how it seems to me. Like having the reveal of Tuolin becoming an inquisitor as well and not actually dying during order 66 kind of goes out the window when your special cover shows the two of them as Jedi and then as inquisitors on it. Right. That was out months beforehand. Uh, I, I I think we're probably going to have a longer discussion about this. I very much appreciate the intent of the author's note at the beginning of the book. And it was very personal. And it was like very brave to for Delilah Dawson to share that aspect of her life. I don't know if she's done that before or not. But that was that was a very nice touch. And yet it gave away a huge kind of mystery. Kind of the mystery of what happened to Iscat's mom or or Farah, um that was very painfully obvious like from the beginning and even more so each page you flipped which is you know the mystery supposed to kind of come to a head and you're like asking yourself is it this or that i never did that um and i just didn't really connect with the character i i'm sure people did but i did not find her relatable i mean the more the more that she kind of went through the story the more she was like yeah no actually i am just evil Right. And and then at the end, she was like, and I love Tuolin. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, why? I was very confused by the ending, other than the fact that I have read the comics. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that is where that was going from whenever they went to go find Eve Koth. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, I, I don't know, man. I don't really care. I want to <laughs> hit real, real quick before... Uh, Wes, I wanted to hear your overall thoughts, but I want to hand on something you said there, Charles, because I think it's actually very important, and it's kind of started to infiltrate, I will say, our, a lot of our thoughts about a lot of Star Wars, I think, in the last couple of years. Um, between So the author's note, for those that don't know, or, or skip author's notes, because it's an author's note. It's fine. Um, we, we love you, authors. You don't have to read the notes. In the beginning of this author's note, Delilah S. Dawson has a content warning, essentially, saying that this book deals with the concept of suicidality, and she speaks very openly and vulnerably about the fact that she had a suicide attempt in her own life and how she kind of evolved beyond that and things like that. And it's very, like, very raw, honestly. And I remember in, as I was reading the book, I, for some reason, read that uh, author's note for the first time. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And it put me in this headspace, like you say, Charles, of knowing this thing was coming. I didn't realize it was the mother. I thought it was going to be Iscat herself. So I felt myself kind of waiting for this moment that never quite happened. But either way you spin that, that does give something about the book and color and expectation. The marketing for this book, like you said, very Inquisitor heavy. Um, now, if you read Charles Soule's comic, like you say, you know that about Tuol and you know they're going to turn 
and because the first half of this book is all Jedi, there's no real stakes to wondering if she's going to stay a Jedi. All this to say, guys, do, is it possible that right now in Star Wars, do we know too much about books before they come out? Like, yes. obviously, marketing is a thing. You need to market things in 2023. But, like, is there a better way this could be done without us like opening a book and like do you not want to know characters names like or is that just not possible nowadays like i think i think i think it's pretty hard to argue that it's impossible to do that when the entire premise of star wars is three movies about luke skywalker and darth vader and then a prequel trilogy which explains Mm -hmm. who darth vader is so i and which was very good so i think it's hard to argue that you know uh, that you can't have context before you have a story but mm. you know i i think mm-hmm. that uh you certainly have to have to make the payoffs worth it i think like i'm definitely with charles that it was very odd odd choice the love story thing was very odd that was it felt like that was added in in hindsight um having them be sort of a love interest while they were jedi even was a little bit off-putting to me as well uh, and it makes it hard. Some of the chat, the chat is saying that. Uh, uh, how do you say him? Tualan. Tualan. I said Tualan. I read the book. I didn't listen to it. Tualan. So I, I don't know how to remember it. Saying I said name. Hermione Granger for my whole childhood, and then I saw the movies, oh and I got my mind blown. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, it, it felt <laughs> odd. Um, it felt odd them having a love choice in the end. But I, I do want to hear Wes's thoughts. Kind of, so we yeah. can kind of get a vibe about kind of how everybody <laughs> felt about it before we rag on it too hard. Okay. <laughs> um, so yes, I agree with what you're, what we were just recently talking about was I didn't see Tuolan and um, and his cat like as an item. I don't think they really delve into that or delighted in delve into that as much to make that a thing to where at the end of the book it should have been a bigger reveal or a, or a, more of a punch to the gut whenever um, Tuolan. Uh, died, or even his attempt on on in Iscat's life that uh, when they were dueling, right? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> which I thought was great, but um, I'm gonna have to kind of go against everything that y'all are pretty much saying. I freaking like this book. Oh, I really whoa, liked it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, don't love me. <laughs> I'm just a here. But go I ahead, mean, Wes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no. I, I know. I really like this book. Um, it it honestly gave me little like Darth Bane vibes. Because of her going to um, Inquisitorious and yep. learning and like and yeah and dueling and dueling with others and every <laughs> and everybody like all the Inquisitors and the Sith or whatever yeah. like going at, and back and forth against each other because I like Darth Bane trilogy so much mm-hmm. I saw some similarities between that um, and I love the how the there was a plant in the. Um, in the Jedi Temple Ezo. of that guy that, yeah, Ezo Ezo that dope. makes droids. He's a plant like, in the plants? He's like, you look troubled. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of mad. It's like, you should probably kick some ass. You know what? I probably should kick some ass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. I mean, that's what I would do. <laughs> oh, man. Did you have fun so, kicking ass? I did. Yeah, yeah that's but great. I, I mean, this is maybe in the, in the most recent, uh, besides um, what, Shadow of the Sith? This mm-hmm. is like one that is specifically dealing with the dark side and dealing with somebody moving from Jedi to dark side. But uh, we can go into it later, but one of my favorite things, it was like a total freaking diss to Iscat. And she was like, am am I Sith? And he was like, no, 
but you're going to work for us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that, that was like, great. The ass that I was like, yeah. oh, that's, that kind of sucks. But yeah, I, I mean, I liked the story. I wasn't um, too involved in like what, in looking at the transitions and stuff and, and reading it. I'm sure I would have picked some stuff out if I was reading it and saw some, some things like that. But I was listening to it the whole time and kind of trying to get myself immersed in the story. The music helps a lot. Sound effects help a lot. They did uh, really well with uh, how they... Um, inserted the music in this. There was a lot of the the music. Remember when Anakin is walking up the temple steps, about to kill all the children or whatever? Like that music was inserted in certain parts where it like matched nice. perfectly. So nice. um, yeah, I liked it. I really did like yeah. it. I will <laughs> say also one of the things that we haven't mentioned that I think was a huge part of, especially the first part of the book, that again I think did did for me drag because of context and in hindsight worked as story elements, which I think are as an odd um, dichotomy. Is Kat's very blunt representation of religious disillusionment within the Jedi was, I think, very interesting because we got almost, like, verbatim things we've heard in real life of, um, like, when her master dies early on, right? And the Jedi are like, rejoice, because he's in the Force. And she's like, rejoice? What, like, the, the conversations of that you hear from people that are like, yeah. oh, like, they're in a better place kind of thing and being like, No! What do you mean? Like watching that yeah. happen, I think it happened a little long, but I really liked when Dawson came back to got that into specific idea like multiple times too. The whole yes. rejoice, like that was a ma- she had a major problem with that. Like yeah, the idea of the afterlife that was good. I thought that was good. Yeah, I think the 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 big the big issue that I had with um, the only problem, actually not even the big issue, the only small problem I think I had with the whole like disillusionment with the Jedi thing is the. Mm-hmm. Like, she failed on that mission. Not She didn't really fail. That was kind of stupid, in my opinion. And then the Jedi pulled her off out of the field for two years, which seems insane. Like, Oh, yeah, it wasn't, she did the Geonosis stuff, that mission? Yeah, that, that was yeah. not plausible to me, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But, yeah, I'm totally with you. The, the disillusionment was very similar to modern religious. That was the point mm-hmm. you were trying to make, I think, there. Sorry, interrupted you. No, 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 and that's, and that's exactly it. And I think, like, seeing that path go from there to, like, the cold-blooded murder, like, when she when she kills Hizo, and it, I, I, I'm looking over my notes, I'm like, oh, this is kind of chilling, and how she, um, I think Dawson had a quote on that Geonosis mission that said she closed her eyes and it made it easier. And I'm like, oh, like, that's nice. the kind of stuff that I was, like, in hindsight yeah. going back, being like, okay, I really like these, these crumbs and stuff, and I'm wondering, <laughs> like, had I not thought about the fact that I know she's going to be Inquisitor, had I not thought about the fact that this is marketed so hard as waiting for the turn or knowing that she eventually dies in a soul epilogue. Like if I had been a little less in the weeds about it and it had been called something different than inquisitor, you know, I wonder if those moments I would, I would have been a little more like, Oh my God, the turn yeah. happened. Cause the Bane stuff we didn't, you, you mentioned Bane West, which I think is actually a great modern analog. He's not a Sith for like the whole first book really. Yeah. But it and the first works. one's the best one. <laughs> yeah, first one's great, man. That, that yeah, book, that book by, rocks. By you, know? You, know. you got Dark Hogwarts. It's it's awesome. But, like, I, I think that, to your point there, Corey, the execution of that is just different. It feels like it's a little more grand. And I wonder if that's a bit of yeah, a I think I think the reality is uh, if you're going to tell – this actually might be a good compromise. I'm making this shit up because I don't have any literary skill whatsoever. But, you I know, like we talk about Star Wars books a lot. I think if you already know the ending, I think you have to make it grand and unexpected. It can't be subtle. 
I think, yeah. right? It can't be, oh, she was unhappy, they bullied her, there were some mean girl, cheerleader, schoolgirl bullies in the Jedi Temple, that's why she became, you can't do that. It's gotta be like, it's gotta be like, she lost her temper, temper totally lost control and killed a Padawan, you know what I mean? Like, it's gotta be yeah. <clears throat> dramatic, yeah. I think, in my opinion. So the fact that they were just kind of mean to her and she just wasn't totally into it was a little weak, in my opinion. And well, like, and so, later down the line, I we don't know if it's true or not, but I, they like imply that she meant to pull the column down on on her the other two girls, and it accidentally hit her right. friend instead. So it was just like maybe you kind of yeah, deserve some it was of those there. comments, bro. You right. murdered yeah. somebody. <laughs> yeah. The story was already I'd be there. Scared of you. If, if that was intentional, if she had lost her temper as a Padawan. That would have been a better, I think. Kind of, I, there were just it's just really subtle changes. I think I would make would have made mm-hmm. this really land a little bit a little bit stronger, um, but. I'm totally with you. Like some of the darkness was a little, a little weak. And there was a couple things that sort of stood out to me about. There's a lot of there were subtle tie-ins like the films too, right? There was a lot of geonosis. Oh, yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to a lot get. To. Of let's talk about let's talk about geonosis. Yeah, actually, yeah let's go there. That was a huge that was a scene. it was a huge part of the of, of the of the story is all their time on geonosis, and that was a very pivotal, I think, time for her character arc too of like kind of losing it, killing all those bugs. That was a great scene. All the action oh, yeah. scenes were phenomenal, yeah. I think. Wrote it like a choreographed dance rather than a fight, really. Like, yeah, it Dawson was, is it was, very good at writing action yeah. scenes, I will say. That's a that's yeah. a that's a, a, a challenging uh, art that not every author gets right, but her action scenes mm-hmm. are great. Um, but uh, I have a note about Geonosis. I wrote that, was the loss of life really so significant on Geonosis? Like, this book yeah. implied that, yeah. like, they lost like sixty percent of the Jedi Order at Geonosis or something. Like it's a little yeah. much, don't you think? Like we have we have a we have seven seasons of the Clone Wars and there's a lot of Jedi around, you know what I mean? So Yeah. Well, especially when there were this was one thing I found interesting. I assumed that all the Jedi that got called there were in the arena, like in the center of the arena. But then we find out that like Cleefan and like his whole ship and like and he was a master like they were on the outskirts and ordered specifically not to go in so mm-hmm. I enjoyed hearing about that because there's like the weird survivor's guilt and like why were these people chosen for this versus yeah. that like that aspect of it was very interesting but then that also does make you think how are there not more that survived if people were held back yeah it really makes it a more grand event, and I think that you know one of the things that we really enjoy about good Star Wars writing is when it affects the movies in a great way. Like when you're watching a film, you're like, oh my gosh, now this context that I know is different. And I haven't watched <clears throat> Attack of the Clones since I read this book, but I think it'll be interesting next time watching it being like, you know, we hear about how many Jedi there were in the galaxy, right? In the galaxy, like just thousands of Jedi, and then we see a ton on screen, and I think because... Attack of the Clones, that arena scene, is still, like, the most Jedi we ever see in one place. It feels so massive. But this book's saying, well, logically, there's, like, thousands of Jedi. Yeah. So they couldn't have all been in there. And then realizing that um, – I remember when I – even when I was a kid, you know that part where they're coming out of the arena and all of a sudden there's those, like, little wheel walkers and then there's Jedi just running with a ton of clones? I'm like, how the hell get out there so fast? And I'm yeah, like, right. oh, they didn't. They were forming up all these squadrons, so – yeah. Making it feel like a bigger battlefield, I think, was a great call, and I and I wonder, you know, how now knowing that will affect maybe <laughs> survivors' guilt of people going forward, and it really makes Geonosis a bigger deal, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's the first time they all saw that kind of violence, 
You know, I think that's why Iscat's mm-hmm. show of brutality, quote unquote, like freaks them out so much is because maybe in Clone Wars season three, by that point, we'd be like, okay, yeah. well, we've been in war. Qu- but yeah. She just quote unquote. Yeah. Like, what was she supposed to do? She put handcuffs on these. I know that was so dumb. That was like, so dumb. <laughs> I do appreciate. I do appreciate the sort of uh, conflict about that, though. Like about the Jedi yeah. sort of mentality. About like how ironic it was that the Jedi masters were like killing is forbidden, but they're also they're also they're like kill everybody. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> yeah. It's, they're obviously conflicting ideas, and I I kind of like the fact that they made that obvious questioning like there because it it sort of shows that the Jedi also didn't know what to do at the beginning yeah. of the Clone Wars. The Masters didn't know what to do, right? Like Palpatine no. was a genius for sucking yep. them into the Clone Wars because like yeah. it was it was so in conflict with the Jedi ideology. The war yeah. war is opposed to the Jedi ideology, right? It's yeah. the wonder it's what broke the order. Yeah, hey kid, here's this sword that can cut through literally anything. Right. Don't use it to kill anything. Exactly. But, like, <laughs> we're but also you, you have to. Four. Yeah, you, you yeah. get it when you're four, and you also have to become a master swordsman with it. But you can't kill anybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, you have to and, fight and each think, other. You have to kill everything else. But you can't kill anybody. No, siree. That yeah. is off limits. <laughs> she realizes, wings, like, can... <laughs> I, I, I wrote in the in the review on the site that it, it was it was nice because this was one of our you know few and far between non high republic books in a while. And after Phase 2 kind of hurt us a little bit, we're like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. But I did really like that Iscat's, like, violence. Like, that was, like, the High Republic idea of how do you see the Force? I think she saw the Force as violence. And I think that just because that's how it spoke to her, she was then getting punished for it, which then, Corey, you mentioned him, it leads to Palpatine being able to do a very Anakin-esque thing, like you said, Charles. And I want to ask you guys about that, because there were two big Palpatine scenes in this book. One when she's a Jedi, one when she's Inquisitor. And I want to ask you guys what you thought about Palpatine's voice, because I will say, for me, I loved Palpatine in this book. I thought Dawson wrote even just his his voice patterns very well. I think it was very Anakin-esque, of course, but I think it really spoke to the fact that Palpatine was always coming up with contingencies on the fly. And he's like, Anakin's the goal. I'll kill every other kid, though, to get there. Like, I always have one in my pocket. And I thought that the way that we went from the really in- intelligent senator of they don't mm-hmm. like you enough to the um, dark Palpatine of, like, all right, I'm Sidious now. All right? You knew me then. I'm Darth Sidious. I'm going to tell you about the Sith. I'm going to tell you about this plan, and you're in this here. And I thought it was very chilling to kind of have him speak to her, uh, the same character in both ways. What did you guys think? Yeah, I'm definitely on board. I liked um, I liked Palpatine. There was the only, I'll tell you the two things that I kind of felt goofy about uh, initially. Um, I, the Inquisitorious was Vader, has been Vader's thing, I guess, kind of up to this mm-hmm. point. So Sidious kind of... Yeah. yeah, right. So Sidious kind of being involved, like kind of out of nowhere, was a little odd to me. And I, I recognize that, that they, point. I recognize that they had to, they wanted to, com- she wanted to complete the loop. Dawson wanted to complete yeah. the loop, right? Of seeing, like, yep. I didn't think about that actually, but we saw him like a senator. We saw him as uh, 
as the emperor, right? We saw yep. both of those angles, which was actually interesting. That's a good point. That makes it a little better. But him showing up was a little random and a little goofy. The fact that he, like, disappeared into a door that Iscott didn't know was there. <laughs> that was like, yeah. come on. I was, <clears throat> was kind of weak, in my opinion. Are but... you enjoying your first day at orientation? Exactly, exactly. It was so <laughs> Did you goofy. Find I, can I say, I yeah. was, I, I am... All things happen for a reason. I'm not involved in the writing or the planning. Mm. I am baffled we didn't get a crystal bleeding scene. Oh yeah, why? Oh yeah, she, it was she, totally right. She's the Jedi, and then the next, then the next chapter, Dude. the page turns like now she's in her new uniform with the red lightsaber. I'm like, yo, I know. I know. Oh, her, her. She, she also has in her possession this lightsaber that we've been building yeah. up the entire yeah. freaking story. Yeah. It's her mother's lightsaber who freaking killed yeah. herself. Like. Dude, I want her to <laughs> what a I missed really opportunity that was! That was <laughs> I thought that was really really weak too. I, I think that that summarizes my feelings in general about the book. There were a lot of missed opportunities. Like this is we mm. usually say that the books could be a little bit shorter. This book honestly could have probably been about thirty percent longer. Fastball yeah. is massive. Yeah. It's a big boy. It's a big yeah. thick book, and this book I think could have could have kind of been that. There's a couple other moments. I think I have this in my notes actually. Um, okay, yeah, I mentioned this earlier. When she was on, uh, like, probation or whatever for, like, two years in the Jedi Temple, and she was she was literally Batman, right? She was sneaking out at night yeah. and, like, doing adventures yeah. and yeah. shit. Like, it <laughs> totally... To together. Yes, so. dude, that was, that, was, that was what I was talking about earlier. It was, like, the Batman stuff. <laughs> she was Batman. She would sneak out at night and come... When did she sleep, by the way? Because it implied that she never slept. I always but, wonder that. I always wonder yes. that in all these books. <laughs> and I know, then I was I fine. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not, bro. You ever missed a full night of sleep? You feel like you're going to die. They've studied that. And people do die after, like, yes! six days. So, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, that was... It blew through through that dude it was literally like yeah. the end of one chapter and then two years are over it, like it implies yeah. that she's sneaking that out at night quick. That was it was little, crazy yeah. that was really fast order 66 was really really fast it blew through that like insanely fast yeah. i did also... like this one though I, I think you didn't love the order 66 thing it worked for me so i want to see like other than it being, being short fast? was there like no yeah, that was yeah. really, that's the only problem i had with it it's okay. it is the i i think i think the authors are afraid of order 66 because it's because because it's it's so it's it's the most important the most most pivotal moment in all of Star Wars storytelling. Truly, I think it is. Order sixty six is <laughs> if you consider the entire I'm not saga. Fight you on that right whole, now. Yeah, I think it's I'm the, not going to fight you. I think it's the most pivotal moment, right? And I think authors are a little afraid to do it because we have it in live action on screen. Like yeah. in, in Revenge of the Sith, it's pretty in hard. A few places too. Like I know, right? right. And in Clone Wars. Yes. And in Mando now, like it's, it's hard it's to one up the guy making the decision to go kill all the young. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of yeah. hard to one up that story because that is yeah. Order sixty six. Anakin and Order sixty six are like tied like in a bow, right? Those are yeah so connected. So it's hard to do that. So it feels like it's barely touched on, like in a lot of ways. Clone Wars mm-hmm. season seven, I think, got it right. Whew. Mando has sort of touched on it here and there. It's like a cameo um, more so. Yeah, Bad Kenobi. Batch barely touched it, and Kenobi, Kenobi kind of talked right. about it a little bit too, right? But like, it it doesn't get it doesn't it doesn't get the the huge moment that I feel like it deserves, and it should have been a bigger moment in this book. I feel like it was random, it was in the forest, guns were drawn, she left, like that was it. It was yep. that was it. I was just like, what? Also, how many phone calls did the Emperor make? <laughs> <laughs> because oh he shows up in so many books with like a specific mm. instruction. Somebody should tell you this. We should ask Trevor to do this. I think on the team. Yeah, give me all <laughs> the instances 
that yeah. the emperor gives a specific instruction. It's like a because- telethon. He's just like Palpatine, please hold. Palpatine, please hold. <laughs> or he's like, or he's like a, or he's like a, like in the West Wing or any time they have a politician where they have the the secretary outside. He's like, like Lauren, can you please get Commander Cody on the line? And then he's like, yeah, seriously, executor. because like, all right, great. Can he re- get his he records the- on line three. <laughs> seriously, he has the recording. He has the recording like that most everybody gets. But then like he's in the film, he calls Cody. He calls uh the guy in the ship that kills um uh. Damn it. Uh, Plocoon, the guy in the ship that kills yeah. yep. he gets a special call. The guy that gets like, Yoda? Yeah. yeah. The guy that gets Yoda gets a special yeah. That's three well, right there. We just talk back. If they didn't talk back, I'd be like, okay, you're getting like, it's a, a, like, a, like a video message. But it, they, yes. it will be done, my lord. Made, I'm like, oh, you're you're talking. It's a it's yes. a phone call. He did, he did all the recordings ahead of time. He did these on a weekend. He was oh, that's like, actually viable. That's plausible, maybe. And he just like did them all at once. What if they have questions, though? What if they have questions? If they have questions, they're like... Yeah. You know, sometimes you get like the robocall, and it's like, Sir? "Hello, hello, can you hear me?" Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah like, ah, gotcha. It's Sidious. Leave a message or send me a text. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think I, I got think you, Vader. Rather ah. well in the audio book because in the audio book, um, that we were talking to the troopers, and the troopers they just stopped, and then they left a pause, and it like went silent for like a good two, three seconds, and then it started like. With all the, okay. the fighting and they're pointing, and then mm-hmm. like the Jedi getting shot, so they did a good job in the audiobook for sure. Yep. It depends on yeah. If you read, mm-hmm. if you're reading the damn book at two like two times the speed, it might be a little quick. I understand. Uh, yeah. I didn't li- I didn't read it at two times speed. I read it in a Kindle at a normal speed. In brain uh, speed. The, <laughs> yes, in brain speed. Yes, the last uh, yeah, your brain speed is way too quick. That's too a, that's fair. Severe ADHD does that to you. Uh, the other the other pro- the other part of the book that I felt was complete and utterly rushed was when Iska returned to her home world. We had Let's been spending, Picori, we yeah. had spent the entire book yes. leading up to that moment. Like, mm-hmm. we kept hitting on it. She gets the lightsaber, she wonders who her mother is, no one will tell her. Like, there was a lot of plot build up to this final moment. It's been deleted from the archives, like, freaking Camino yeah. d- did. Like, she met her grandmother. It seemed like it was a, it wasn't as momentous as it should have been i I mean that was her grandmother and she's like hey yeah so uh a lot of opportunity a lot (laughs) of opportunity that part did make me laugh with jacosta new though where it's like in attack she must just not like obi-wan that's the conclusion i've come to because (laughs) like obi-wan was like hey i think something's been deleted out here and she's like piss off and then like (laughs) and then like uh, his cat is just like i think something's been deleted and she's like yeah probably probably so yeah probably so (laughs) I, i i think honestly like so we we've again spoiler to nobody because I've been reading so much freaking Brandon Sanderson in my life I'm getting very much used to part one part two like books yeah. that are segmented mm-hmm. in giant tome sections mm-hmm. if I had to do this book over again or like get the deluxe edition of of Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade if you want to do like a three part book do like part one Jedi part two Inquisitor and then have part three be Picori like I want like an entire yeah, it should have been a whole part. Like, yes, I would also identity. That's I would huge. also the the other gigantic miss opportunity I feel is like she should have murdered that entire village, dude. Like, whoa, really? Oh, that that would have been 
a good payoff for her fall yeah. to the dark side. They you know didn't what I mean? do enough to help her to get no. her out of her mindset. To, so her mom no. died because of them. I know, I know, I know. Like they, there's, there's a lot she of. She thought about it. There. She said something That's about like true. she could have like leveled the whole village, basically. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, she exactly. did say that to them. Like, like, do you know who she I was, am? She was just barely a dark side, a dark side user. In my, she opinion. was. She I mean, was honestly never even like full, full inquisitor. And I'm sure Not people really. are going to argue yeah, that right. point. And that's fine. It's uh, it's all open to interpretation and all that. But like, even when she was off doing like Inquisitor missions, she still like refused to use her Inquisitor name. She was like, yeah, "I'm not ready to step into it," and all that kind of stuff. And then as soon as you could kind of say she was, she was leaving again. So it's like it's called Inquisitor, but she was an Inquisitor for like one percent. One percent. Yeah. Interesting. She yeah. randomly killed Hizo, though. That that, that, yeah, that, that yeah, was I, the, I, I, I was the most impacted was by Hizo's death out of the whole book. I, yeah, I was, was too. Fantastic. Listen, all right. I want to talk about yeah. Hizo for a minute, and then we need to go back to the her home planet. Yeah. Uh, Hizo was a great character. Great character. Yes. Honestly, my favorite sleeper character of the entire book, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. like having a non Jedi mechanic be the sort of the listening ear and also the little the little bug whispering in her ear that like yeah. come on kill he those was like kids an evil kill those cricket. tuscans you know what i mean exactly yeah, evil, evil yeah. Yeah. that's exactly what it was right that was great actually that was great i love yeah. learning about non uh uh non non force user people that work in the temple it was really cool the episode where but he was a the, jedi though he was a force user oh that's a good point actually that's a good point. That was a little weird, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> he remind he remind he gave me a, a like idea that he looked like he was clone ninety nine that he has a hunchback. Yeah, yeah. Was, oh, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So, so he, for he you, you don't have ninety nine the most the most delightful like heartfelt character in the history of Star Wars. Corey, <laughs> no, you don't know the best part about Hezo because you read the book, and this is something that I must miss out on all the time uh, by mm-hmm. reading ebooks, but. His accent was phenomenal. He was like from the Scottish Highlands, dude. Like it oh, was yeah. so Seriously? it was yeah. so heavy. It was incredible. What? That's good. That's, That's awesome. Good. He was also the chat just uh or Jacob pointed out six foot tall otter. He is uh what's the species <laughs> that he is from Legends? Wait. What I'm remember. looking this up because I can't. Oh, I don't remember. That. Yes, he's the uh he's the giant Salo- otter. Salonian. Yes, that's Salonian. the one that Corin from the Yes, it's Corin the one that Corin. <laughs> He had a he had a body wide allergic reaction from having relations with the Salonian. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's an otter cat thing. Yeah. And the most famous fact about the Salonian is that Cornhorn had sex with one, and then had a. This is otter madness, guys. Oh, he yep. had. This is utterly disgusting. He, he should have taken a Benadryl before, but he didn't, and <laughs> you know, so he broke out in it. Yeah. Anyway, great character, great yep. character, big fan. But also. Learn, kids. Uh, if you, you if you try to get secrets, then you get God. Yeah, right. you got what was coming <laughs> to him for sure. Get, get secrets, you get God. I thought his death was meaningless. Straight up. Oh, I thought, I it, was thought it was meaningless. I thought it was. It, it, it was again. It was too fast. It was too fast. It would have been a better character if he had, if he had not just been a droid mechanic. I think like. If mm. if he revealed when they got to the Inquisitorius, he's actually like an officer that's in the. And he that was like a deep. Cool. Oh, he was no. a plant. He was a plant. I would have liked that better. I think. I, I, I think I for her because I, I think for the well, all the events in this book, the way it was written it, is basically how does it affect Iscat's Iscat's journey, right? Like mm-hmm. everything is a is, is she's on the the spectrum of Jedi to Inquisitor, and Delilah Dawson had a quote once where like 
she's not a good Jedi and not a good Inquisitor because she's always in between. Which I also think is part of the reason that like we <clears throat> sometimes we never see her go full dark, we never see her go full light, which is yep. frustrating sometimes. <clears throat> but I think that for Hezo, the fact that he was just a dude that's like, yay, yeah, yeah, I lied to you, but like you get it, it was fine. I think the fact that she was willing to do that to someone that the only benefit it would give her was her own personal revenge and being like, yo, no one gets to lie to me anymore. I think that is why it hit for me because I was like, oh, I see that you didn't yep. need him to be a, a high up person that you killed. You could just have someone that I you lied to me and I'm not dealing with that anymore. I'm, I'm taking this, yeah. part, this power away from you. <clears throat> Do you guys? Did I, you guys ever watch PB and J Otter growing up? By the way, absolutely. I did okay. the noodle dance. All right, just check. I, have no I idea did what that not. Means. I did not see Where that, did that death come coming. Because of otters. To be honest with yeah, because you. You didn't see it coming. Oh, sorry. Let's yeah. let's let Wes talk now. Sorry, sorry. I, no, I didn't see it coming because she was like, you know, you lied to me. You betrayed my trust. And he was like, but was I wrong? He, he was like real smug about it. Like he knew he, 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 that she wasn't gonna kill <laughs> but him. But did you die? Like, but was I wrong? You know. <laughs> <laughs> And she was like, you kind of betrayed my trust. And he was like, yeah, well, so what? And she was like, bah! And I was like, I could not believe it. I was like, no friggin' way. She killed this dude? So, because I, 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 I thought that, well, yeah. I thought Worked that he me. helped her. He helped her break out of her shell, right? She's always wanted to be bad. And, yeah. well, not always want to be bad, but the force talked to her differently. And so, I think, I mean, there could be a, we could talk about this in a whole other context, but... There's got to be way more Force users that have been moved to the Jedi Temple to be taught the Jedi ways that have the same feelings as her, right? And they Jedi teach them to suppress those feelings. Mm -hmm. They aren't correct. But what if they really feel that's the right thing to do? Like the Sith is the way to go. And they Mm -hmm. just hold that in until, you know, their head explodes or they, you know, they move to the Sith. So it's, it's very interesting that only, like, this seems like the... There's only a handful, I think, that are just like, hmm, maybe I should leave the Jedi Order and become a Sith. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Also, also Vader would have killed that entire village, though, straight up. Oh, yeah. He would have killed yeah. them all. <laughs> Whoa. Like, yeah, well, and I think the fact that Iskot, like still has some capacity for compassion is, is what does her in in the end. Is that like, is. she can't fully give it. And Jacob makes a great point in the chat saying that um, with Hizo, she voluntarily kills the closest thing she had to a friend and confidant for two years. Yeah. Well, so, like, she like, did it yeah. once. Why That's not it do it again? She killed her yeah, first well, best friend, well, then, well, Tika. She, she killed, um, that, R.I.P. That shop- Tika. Well, she killed that shopkeeper <laughs> as well. God bless um, You know? She, she did. That it's not an accident. It's a pattern. Um, let's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, let's, let's talk about another relationship because this one actually greatly interested me. It's another person that should have been like close and helpful to her. She didn't murder this one because he's still out there alive somewhere, and that's Mace Windu. So I was very <laughs> – I'm serious about this, actually. Yeah, uh, this okay. was one of the most interesting okay. points of the book to me yeah. that he had whoever the guy was that fell off the cliff and died reporting back to him about Iscat. You remember this part? That's shitty. Oh, right. So like, right, 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 right. So like yeah. now it's not – once again – it's not an accident. It's a pattern, right? Now, yep. it's not just Anakin, and because he's the chosen one, and because they can all sense this darkness in him, now it's almost like Mace Windu was like the guy in charge of looking yeah. for people that were kind of toe yeah. in the line and maybe secret could go police, dark. dude. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, secret police. Yeah. yeah, but like, is that something that he's been asked to do by the council? Is that something he's taken upon himself? Like that whole 
kind of aspect in in his uneasy relationship with her, though, yes, in a way it felt derivative of the Anakin thing, I'm like, is this a bigger issue here? Like, is this a bigger plot point than we know about? Because that would actually greatly interest me if he was in charge of trying to root out dark side users. Like, that's that's a really good point. Who can ask Mace to do anything except Yoda? Isn't he, like, the number, like... I, feel like I think Mace, the council, he is the council, right? Like, yeah. Just like uh, Palpatine is the, the Senate. Senate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, he is yeah. the council. <laughs> I am the council, I mother. I am the council. <laughs> <laughs> mother. Uh, no, There's too exactly. many council members on this mother every council. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So I think uh, I think it tracks. All right, and this is not. Uh, this is this is. There is precedent for this, actually, Charles. Um, the idea of war being the thing that does in the Jedi, because in the Kotor games, this yes, entire this entire story is <laughs> is incredibly uh, well developed. That uh, Revan and Malak like went to fight against the Mandalorians in the Mandalorian Wars, and a ton of Jedi followed them. And like, there's a lot of dialogue about the Council, like. They fall kind of against Malak and Revan, and like you, this is not what the Jedi are about. We're not about war, and, and the Jedi that all left are like, we have to do this. The galaxy needs to be defended, and a lot of those Jedi turn to the dark side because of that. So like, we have precedent for this, and it's not really well established. But I think there is a really great opportunity for for to get more of these types of stories. Uh, for like, and the Inquisitorius is, in my opinion, a great opportunity to tell that story of like, yeah, like a lot of Jedi had doubts in the war, the Clone Wars, like is kind of the thing that destroyed their ideology, it destroyed their faith, right? Like that's a yeah. great storyline. Unfortunately, we've only seen a small number of Inquisitors, like kind of on TV, and it's sort of implied that there's not very many of them, right? Mm-hmm. So I yeah, think they can be act- numbered basically. I, yeah, I am the three hundred and forty eighth think- brother. <laughs> I know. I think that was, and I was actually going to bring that up. I had this in my notes. I think it was a bit of a mistake to actually use the numbering system for Inquisitors yeah. because it, 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 it makes it truly limited. But there, there's, there should be a small number. Like, we've Maybe. made this point before. It's like how many Jedi survived Order 66 is not as impactful right. the more people that survive yeah. it. If there are 300 brothers, 300 sisters, and 47 second cousins, like, now it's like, okay. I, I mean, I guess it wasn't that big a deal. Aren't there... Yeah. Aren't there Tens of thousands of Jedi, though? How many? What is the line? Apparently, 60% died on Geonosis. So, that's no. true. I'm not that's sure. 6,000 dead Jedi Although on Geonosis. All, all you're saying about this, though, has me thinking one thing and one thing only, and that's Mace Windu's from a certain point of view, Revenge of the Sith story is going to be awesome. Like, yes, like him being like, I am the line that searches out the darkness. Because the thing is, Charles, I love you saying that because now I've realized. If Mace is actually going around secretly looking for Dark Jedi, he found Iskatakaris, Anakin Skywalker, and Palpatine. Yes. He did it. So the fact that, like, Mace Windu is the guy who actually said, you know what, Vader might be a bad guy. Future Vader might be bad. And then he searches out Palpatine. He is the best at his job there has ever been. And the only reason that he fails is that Anakin is like, or, I need him. Or... Or he's a self-fulfilling or. prophecy. Go on. Awesome. <laughs> no, no, maybe, no. That, that, I'm just thinking, man. That's, I mean, George maybe, loves those. George loves those. <clears throat> maybe the reason that all these Jedi fell to the dark side is that Mace was on their ass about not being good Jedi. Maybe he was actually the thing, planting mm-hmm. the little doubts in the back of their mind. Yeah. Like, it's like a teacher com- calling you stupid. 
That's right. When you come under, when you come under, when you come under scrutiny, and people are watching you closely, you make mistakes, right? So uh, maybe it's actually Mace Windu's fault. Is what I'm trying to say. The entire fall of the Jedi. So Mace Windu caused the fall of the. He did. He caused the fall of Anakin. He caused the fall of Iscot, and Emperor Palpatine kicked his ass. So he had he had he had the opportunity. To stop Palpatine, and he didn't. It's basically his oh, fault. Palpatine didn't really kick his ass. I don't know that. Yeah, I but think that Mace he's still alive. Had the upper hand there. Mace Windu is still totally. alive. Windu's windows coming windows. to a TV series near you soon. So they Sounds said good. that there's 212 Jedi that were at the Battle of Geonosis, That's, and only say 20 to 30 survived. That's a very but small before, number. It's a lot of yes, dead Jedi. Before uh, yeah. right when the Clone War started, there's an estimated. 10,000 Jedi, supposedly. Okay. Ten, like 10, that 000. makes sense. That makes sense for what we see, yeah. and I think, relatively speaking. <clears throat> Should we so, get back to Picori? I'm totally yes. under yeah. the impression that all the Jedi like, hung out near the temple and on Coruscant. <laughs> Apparently, that's not freaking true. I unless don't know. Course- <laughs> yeah, you had <laughs> your real Avrosses that were just chilling on an outpost being like, oh, yeah, I'm totally yes, being devout. That's true. Uh-huh. That's true. Exactly. Sure am. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's go back to, <clears throat> to Picori here, because I think... Okay. I don't have much else to say about Picori. They were they went they went through it really quickly. They didn't develop the culture at all. It was short and sweet, and maybe that was what it's supposed to be. Maybe it's supposed to show that they're still good in in Iscot, right? They're still good in her, right? Maybe that's the point. She's not a good Jedi. She's not a good Inquisitor. I had not thought about that before you said that, Charles. That's pretty yep. pretty good point, actually. I don't think I made that point, but I will make this point. I'm calling you Picori from now on. <laughs> I'll take it. I, I I do think though that. <clears throat> one of the reasons that I think it needed to be a little bit longer was because not only was this cat finding out what all Jedi need to find out, which is the home world, right? Uh, Jedi being taken from their home worlds um, willingly from the most time, like their parents giving them up for the most part willingly is a hot point of contention in, in modern Star Wars for sure, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I'm from, and every once in a while we get a story of a Jedi getting a mission and they go to their home planet and it's very emotional. I think that right. alone could have had more time but they're also being like oh by the way you're not you're not like a, a bouncing like you're not the only one of your species you're not there's other people that are literally like you which she also never knew that's that was dumb massive revelation why didn't they tell her why didn't they freaking tell her where, where the hell is she that was stupid that didn't need to be a secret yeah. that was that was that was that's oh yeah you all know you're from portugal Jedi. yeah we never told you that <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> She also she also lied, right? She also lied to the Grand Inquisitor, saying she was going to check on some artifact that her master oh, thought yeah. it was in great importance. Oh, uh, you never said you were sick when you go to a baseball game, Wes. Come on now, we've all lied it's to go too, out, get out of work. It's too close to the office. Also, They'll see me. They'll see also, me down. her just swinging by Taco Donna on the way home to get that lightsaber yeah. and give it to the guy was Where the dumbest shit from? ever. That was so <laughs> random. I actually have listen. This is the, this is what I have in my notes, word for word. How do I? <laughs> Justify Iscot going back to Homeworld with a bunch of question marks. Shit, shit, shit. Taco Donna. Yeah, that's good. Let's throw that in there. One paragraph. That's enough. Useless lightsaber with no meaning. Cool. Plot has moved forward. Great. Let's just blur right past this. <laughs> that was, I was, it was like four in the morning, and I was in the airport and not very happy when I wrote that. But, yeah, seriously, that was Sounds so random. Like Taco Donna being in there. Don't put cameos like that in books. I don't yeah. even remember Taco Donna being in there. It was I random. I, I, know, it was, I, it was I was like, quick. it felt very fast. And I was like, what the hell did I just read? And I went back to see what planet it was that she went by and it was taco donna and i was like I had all no right idea. that's random if maz has made yeah, it had made an appearance i would have freaked out so yeah. you well know. here's something i want to ask you guys because i think this is not not to get one too chapter much by the this. way 
That was the entire home world, Picori. One chapter. Yeah, yeah. The one chapter is, is, one is chapter. wild. Um, yeah. We had multiple chapters on Geonosis. And, and I, I know. Think, <laughs> like, yeah. which, was, which was also good. I'd rather that. And th- this brings me into a, a question I have that I do want to actually get way into next week. I, I said last week we're going to have like a kind of a bigger uh, conceptual Star Wars conversation last week, which I'm quite excited for. But all the things we're saying here – do you think that there is a at least 50-50 split on content for writer and editing? Because it sounds yeah. like we're – because a lot of things you're saying in that, that last part, Corey, like is kind of an editing mm-hmm. note of a, expand on this. is like a very common yes. editing thing, and I feel like mm-hmm. this – expand on this. Eh, we can diminish this. Oh, this transition needs a little bit – to be a <clears> bit smoother. It's less so of the storyline of Iskatakaris and more so of the execution in which it's presented, maybe? I think that's 100% it. I think that we obviously, yes, we run a website all about Star Wars books. Yes, we talk about everyone that that comes out. Yes, we've talked with some of the publishers and and some of the team is in our Discord and we talk to them occasionally and they come and, you know, Tom was in our comments last mm-hmm. week like talking about the book. Yes, we have some connections, sure, but we actually know nothing about the editing process. They're very Zero. secretive about this. The authors are yeah. very secretive about it. Luke, you know, the, our, our contacts in the publishing community are very secretive about it. We don't actually know what happens with the editing process. But if I were to speculate on what the process were like, it feels like all of the books that we have a problem with, if you want to, if that is not too strong of a statement, it actually yeah. might be too strong of a statement. All the yeah. books that we are not a little, that we're a little soft on. You not know in I love mean? with. Like, the ones that haven't made yeah. as excited as, as others have. Exactly. All of those books have a common theme, and the theme is that it feels like the author was handed a list of plot points that they had to hit, and that's what they did. I think that's the theme. If and The original uh, Canaan Thrawn trilogy felt like that, and that was the first one. That was the first book that we were like, what the hell is going on? Because yeah. Timothy Zahn is like God-level author. Yeah. You, like, you write these really well, and this is nonsense. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It felt like it felt like I say a lot that it feels like the authors are pigeonholed. It feels like they're pigeonholed, yeah. like into mm-hmm. writing a certain story that has to s- hit certain guidelines, which is the thing that George Lucas hated. It's why he wanted to make mm-hmm. his own films. It's like when corporations yeah. come in and, and influence movies, they are bad, right? I think that's also the problem with the sequel trilogy. That's also the problem with the DC universe and Batman versus Superman. <laughs> There's so many examples of this in media where directors have said, listen, the reason I quit working on that project is I couldn't get along with the producers. So I think this might be an example of that. Like, it feels like the authors are pigeonholed into writing a certain story when we know that they are ultra-creative authors. Like, mm-hmm. Dawson is a phenomenal author. Like, Absolutely. Like, Phasma was original as hell. Like, her world-building was unbelievable on that planet that she created. It was Parnassus, awesome. as yes, the trivia Parnassus. question from the other from the other That's week. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Parnassus was, a, that. was a great freaking planet, and the culture was really great, and, like... But this book is missing a lot of those elements, and I don't think it's really just a matter of it being too short. I think it's a matter of it feels like she hit the plot point she needed to hit, and that was kind of it, I guess. Like maybe yeah. that is I mean, an editing mistake, but I don't, I don't like, I don't know, I don't like shitting on faceless, nameless things. Oh, yeah. You know what I no, mean? I don't no, like that. I, it's a cop out. I feel like yeah. so. I don't, I don't know if it's anybody's fault or if maybe the publishing folks just need to give authors a little more freedom to write stories mm. perhaps it feels like when authors are given 
whatever you think, you can write it. It feels like it turns out better because the mm. Chiss Ascendancy trilogy is the greatest example of that. Yeah. And that entire trilogy is a masterpiece. Which so. is not set up between really any films too yep. specifically. <clears throat> it's not without any of the shows. Like, it's, it's not connected. And it's interesting to think, like, this is so... And, and the thing is, we, <clears throat> we want everything as Star Wars fans, right? Like, we want... Yeah. Totally unique stories that are outside of anything, because then there's a lot of freedom. But we also get really excited when we are like it, around a movie that we like. Like the whole reason yes. Star Wars books, it just has to touch because, it. Oh my god, it's Luke it Skywalker! Just touch it. It just like, has to touch the the, the original yeah. plot. It doesn't have to be part so of the story or move the original story along. It just has to touch it, right? At touch points yeah. is what I've said that's for hat. years. Like that's what that's what Lost Stars is. There's touch points. The original right. trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. And Alphabet Squadron is another fantastic. Oof. Example of phenomenal work that has touch points, but is a completely original story with original characters and that sort of thing, right? This mm-hmm. felt pigeonholed to me. Like forcing this random character to become a come, become an inquisitor felt pigeonholed to me. So I am not intelligent enough to tell you what they should have done <laughs> with this book to make it to make it like fit that bill a little better. But I don't know. If anybody listening to this works in the publishing community, maybe don't have so much feedback for them or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, or is it more feedback? It's like more feedback. I don't know. Expand, <laughs> expand on this. One or the like, other. Yeah. I I just can't get over the fact. I can't get over the fact that the home world was one, one chapter. One that chapter. That was mind mind blowing to me. Truly, truly. Although the one other point that I wanted to make was Charles. You mentioned that guy earlier that started with the J, like that was spying on her with uh, because of Mace Windu. I, you guys oh yeah, his name um, was? I can't remember his name, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I got my notes here. It's got killed J. by birds. That guy. Yeah, killed by Dude. birds. Yeah. <laughs> what is his name, Eric? Oh my got gosh, picked. where is it? If you find thought, it, let me know. Uh, but the Damn the it. fact that he is like they're like hang they're like climbing right. I'm imagining like climbing ropes. Josh. 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 Yes, uh, autocorrect uh, and my phone corrected it to Jose. So, <laughs> not, Jose. not that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Jose. Not, not Jose. Uh, I pictured this. The fact that they're like climbing with like climbing gear and he like looks down at her and starts to mansplain to her and then immediately dies was hilarious. <laughs> that was great. I Let's genuinely. I genuinely laughed out loud at that moment. Like I was on the plane, was I was reading it, and I was I literally laughed at that. I'm like, he literally like. So the reason that I'm actually here is so I can mentor to you, and then he freaking gets ran over by birds and dies. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. It really made me laugh. It is. And they made her feel like such crap for that, and she literally yeah. had no way of of catching him. Like she had to hold herself up, and she was like, "We both would have been dead if I had yeah. fallen with him and then tried to use the force to catch ourselves." I like, mean, most yeah. things Nobody that the Jedi that. got mad about from that mission made zero sense. They're like. I know you yeah, killed yeah, yeah. twenty people, and she's like, "Dude, you didn't tell me Anakin there were any people." <laughs> made so many stupid mistakes in the Clone Wars. The Jedi Council never never said shit when he killed nope. that guy, the, the guy that was holding the button that Admiral had Trent. Sabine. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, the guy that had no, Sabine. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stab no, him uh, through no, the no, back. Not Sabine. Uh, not Sabine. Shit. Uh, no Satine? shit. Satine, yes. It sounds yes. like Sabine. Satine and Sabine, yeah. It's, never, it's always confusing. Yeah, he literally he shrugs. He literally he shrugs like it's a sitcom and is like, what? What I What? Do? He was going <laughs> to blow up the that? ship. <laughs> a laugh track in the back. Yes, <laughs> I mean, and they put her on probation because of what? What, what did she do exactly? What was their argument? It's a years. lot of murder. 
That she was killed, it though? It was that she yeah. killed people who were underground that she didn't know about. That's yeah. what she was yeah. on probation for. I think, that were basically warehouse workers. Yeah, the rules of war had not yet been established. And I think it's the fact that she was her first mission. They're like, hey, is this how she reacts to new things? Again, not saying that they should have done this, but I think the reasoning was like. It was weak. This, it was if weak. she reacts with It was with weak, death. bro. Like, yeah. listen, we know, we know the Jedi have problems, right? We know that. It's been well established at this point. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they were destroyed in general, but right. they're not that weak. Come on, like she they're not eliminating not, a variable. Know. All right, I don't eliminating know. a variable. Yeah. That's all it really was. Ooh, pigeonhole, a pigeonhole plot point. <laughs> Anakin also during the wars had a title and the protection of a master. Iscat's master died, and she had no title. And as anyone in a workplace also, knows. If you don't have a title, you get in trouble for stuff that people have titled. The title, the chosen for. one. Is that, what, is that what he is? The chosen. He's general. He's General Skywalker. They were all generals. They called Iscat General. Iscat was book. promoted to Jedi Knight at the same time as Anakin in this book. And yet, that's true. Also, so is, that, chosen one then. is that canon? I thought Anakin had trials, and that had already been established. No, he didn't. In canon. Are you sure? Legends had trials. They had done. Is that scene something not out has been of done. another? Pro- that scene was like in brotherhood or something i swear is it like in some verbatim text my Not- first literally the first bullet point i had in my notes is anakin didn't have trials question mark is that canon question mark like i and no Stephanie i think said in the chat she meant the chosen one he no but i, I think i think that scene even mace saying stuff has been written before okay yeah it's yeah recent. it was you're right it was recent. in brotherhood it was in brotherhood yeah, okay. i was gonna say the, the, the ceremony occurred yeah, so it's, he's bad. made a Jedi Knight technically right there, but then a year after he does something that it's like they do additional kind of ceremonial trials, yeah, even okay. though he had already been a Jedi Knight at that point. Something well, had been done, <clears throat> I remember. The, his trials were basically his like his actions in war, which is much yes. like when people get um, get their uh, ju- like their jujitsu belts um, after they're doing they're in a fight in an actual like UFC fight they'll get their belt for their next color or whatever like after that fight so it's kind of like the trials. The Jedi it, are like and it can ask Freddy ask Freddy ask, I was gonna say ask Freddy about his belt. <laughs> Anakin's trial was uh, going to. Naboo with that really hot senator. And oh, my word. Everything that happened there. That Success. Wouldn't that be? He's like, you did such a great you know, job with the senator. Anakin, we're going to promote you to Jedi Master. And he's, he's, he's just like, like oh, what? yeah, I did a great it's job. So great. Yeah, Amazing so great. Job. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So, so overall, I think that this is interesting. I think this is actually one of our first more split conversations about a book in a hot minute, which I think is good. I just think it's interesting. But I, I think have a, it, I have a couple I have a couple smaller moments I'd like to hit before we finish up. Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I want to get us all like some last thoughts here. But I think okay. that one of the thing we're all usually pretty much on the same wavelength, and we agree with most of the stuff in this book. I think there's a lot of technical stuff that might go here and there. Mm-hmm. But as you're going through books, everybody watching and listening, I think as the Star Wars universe expands more, and as the mediums expands more, and as you're going through different places, you might think different things about each different books. And I think that's, that's a. It's just okay. I think it's just interesting that we haven't shown that as much in a while. And I think it's a cool book for that to be kind of exemplified <clears throat> in. Corey, what smaller moments did you really want to hit? Uh, that is a good point that we should expand on briefly, though. It's like uh, we said this a thousand times, but in case there's any new listeners, we should keep saying it over and over again. Um, you don't have to give a shit what any of us have to say about this. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we just keep saying it. What the hell do we know? All right. What do we're we all know? Clo- 
We're all close to the same age. Keep right? tuning in. We love you books. all. You're a great member of the community. But exactly. who cares? Watch <laughs> and read what you like, and don't let anybody take that away from you. Yeah, and right? to Absolutely. be clear, that is, that is a pitfall for us and what we preach. And the fact that we do this podcast is that we say, like, hey, if you don't like it, move on. But we're going to sit here and talk about it for two hours. You know what I mean? So, we yeah, have to. I, like I have obviously to. didn't enjoy this book as much. And, I, and I'm not trying to change anyone's mind that loved it. But I'm also going to be honest. So, like, I, yeah, I have to sit here and have this conversation. Yeah. DNF yes. is the thing in the book talk and the booktube yes. community, which we're not quite in. But, like, do, not finishing a book is such, it's a sunk cost fallacy, too. Of, it like, is, yeah. book media, way more so, like, you'll turn off a movie. But also, you know, that's a two-hour experience that you paid three bucks for. If you bought a book, it's usually like thirty dollars, and it's going to take you like a, ten hours. I know, like, it's a big ass uh, more commitment. commitment. Is there a, is there a category of DNS? Because I have a lot of those. Yeah, start. Did, <laughs> did not, not start. start. Not Can start. I talk about a book? That's, that a, that's I called a TBR, a to be read list. <laughs> yeah, Wes. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for us. We used to kind of have the attitude because we we have been. Uh, I think Stephanie pointed out that we've been a little like harsh on the books in the last couple of roundtables we've done, which she's right. Ones. We yeah. we have been a little harsh on the books. And yeah, I think we used to sort of have the attitude that we're not going to talk about anything bad ever. Like, and yeah. I've certainly changed my mind on that. I think it's important for people to hear that it's okay to have uh, like kind of bad thoughts about a book or not really enjoy a book. And, you know, you can still feel like it was a worthwhile experience. I'm glad I read this book. Like I, there is moments in this that I'm glad every single, every single moment that I add to the file of my star Wars knowledge is worth it. Right. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy reading the books in general. I like expanding That's a good point. the universe. Right. I like that yeah. experience, but it's okay to not like things like, yeah, there, there's a really toxic side of the internet, and then the super crazy. We love everything. We're shields for everything. Can be sometimes equally as toxic, right? So yeah, you kind of yeah, it's okay to be in the middle. So you know, don't don't let us talking negative about a story ruin it for you. But also, don't be afraid to feel negative about a story if that's how you feel. Your feelings Absolutely. are valid. That's what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Too many things to read. That's right. There's a lot of shit to read. Uh, Small things. Uh, Charlin. Is that you say her name? Charlin? Charlin? The popular the mean girl. The popular yeah, mean Charlotte. girl. <laughs> Regina I George. hated this. Exactly. Regina George. I pictured Regina her as Regina George, George 100%. Yes. I did. She. I didn't know she was a Twi'lek. Was she a Twi'lek? I didn't realize that. I, think I so. thought I think she, she was, was yeah. a... I thought she was a blonde, pretty girl. Yeah, That's what I pictured. Twi'lek. <laughs> Straight up. Yep. Uh, she was awful. I wanted to kill her. I'm very glad that Iscott killed her. I, did, I didn't want to kill That's a little dramatic. But I'm glad that she killed her and kind of got a revenge. That was a little dark. Um, I wouldn't kill her, but I wouldn't save her. You know what I mean? Like that's, Exactly. <laughs> Oopsies. Yeah, that was oh, really... No! Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of, of, of the Mean Girl experience. She was written well. I get it. But... Mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of there being kind of mean girls in the Jedi. I feel like that has not really been well. Has it been well established before? I mean, there's been yeah. some bickering amongst Padawans, sure, but not yeah. like true bullying. And this was true bullying, like straight yeah. up. Only, like, only in the fact that they're teens and that there's always mean people in teens, but not not as specifically. That's fair. Could I wasn't a Iscat, huge fan of that. Could Iskat been like seeing that as much more harsh than it actually was. Like that was something as she was oh, developing yeah. in her mind and not actually something they were saying. It's the question yeah. about so, every kid, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. That is you can make their own story up in their head. Every kid. Yeah. Um 
Yeah. That's right, Stephanie. God bitches damn. exist everywhere. Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Just that's fair. That's fair. I can't even argue with that. Um, right after, right after the scene where Iscot kills Charlene or whatever, uh, that battle between uh, Iscot and and Kef, Clefan. 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 Clefan to the audiobook said, I guess that was great. That was great. Uh, him like yes. using the force to like find strength and oh yeah, kind of pr- being sick. really preachy to her. Her like coming in, she had good words. She had good comebacks. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, she didn't have to like she didn't have to like kill him and then in the shower later be thinking about all the things she should have said. Like she yeah. had good comebacks <laughs> in the moment. You know what I mean? Like no, she did great. It was good. That was that was really great. I wrote the verbal yeah. battle between Iscot and, and Clefan was was really really good. Um, uh, these again, another small point that uh, was blown right past is they set up the fact that they went to this guy's house. The, who it was like a collector. The collector J- Jakarta was the guy's name, right? That's that's who imprisoned oh, yeah. Charlene yep. and and Clefan, Clefan, right? Oh, I can't remember and, his name, but yeah, yeah. It was I wrote it in my notes, Jakarta, and he dies immediately. Like they kind of set up the fact that like. There's this creepy guy. He sounds like the collector in uh-huh. in Bro, he Marvel walked Marvel. out in a mask and a fur coat and was decapitated in two seconds. Yes! Yes! Yeah. Is this like a character that's in a comic somewhere or something? Because that would, it, it felt so. really crazy. I don't like think so. It just been, I that should have been a lot. about that. It was made up like for this one plot point and then just blew right. He like, sh- he like walks in and then she immediately yeah. killed him. Kill, He's like, him right there. Why yeah. did we even describe this guy or his house if they're going to kill him? Okay, again, small point. They should have. Uh, they should have. Uh, building up her Sith accolades. You yeah. have to kill to level up. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Could have been done better. Also, okay, the last thing I want to talk about is the end of the book because, quite frankly, I'm not really Let's sure. Let's talk about it. I'm not really sure what happened in the end of the book. Can someone please explain to me what happened? Because it was in the epilogue. It wasn't yes. in the main meat of the book. It was in the epilogue, which was weird. I don't love that. Like, an epilogue is meant to be something tiny, barely related to the story that you want to write that actually doesn't have to do with the story. The epilogue of this book was actually the conclusion of the story, which is not what you do, in my opinion. So, what the hell happened? Vader <laughs> found a council council member. Who so, was it? I don't remember. Who. It was Ethcock. So, Eath it's Koth, all from yes. the comics, basically. So, this character and Tuolan's character, they were not thought up by Delilah Dawson. This is this right. was done years Ooh. ago in the comics. Yep. That exact story of like okay. finding Ethcoth, them yeah. running after Ethcoth's family, her pulling the baby down out of the, like all of that was in the comics. So it, there was like really that was the starting point for writing the story. They always I knew see. how it was going to end in that respect. But Vader kills both of them in the comics. I actually don't remember exactly where it actually, ends. Actually, no, he doesn't. I don't. Doesn't. I don't know that it goes all the way to the end like that. But it, the Eve Koth part definitely happened. I definitely remember that. Wait. But yeah, that's that's where that idea. That would have came been from. okay. I did not know that. That would have actually been a really important note to make. And I'm really annoyed that Star Wars doesn't do this enough. Like you know how in comics. Uh, and in Into the Spider-Verse, if you don't read comics, like, the thing pops up on screen and it freezes for a second. It was like, find this in episode 275. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Should, that should literally be in the text of a novel, in my opinion. Mm. 
I think well, it should. I think it should. Well, the epilogue, it, the, epilogue, the title index, of yeah. the epilogue, and then underneath that, this story is also featured in Charles Souls's comic, whatever. Like, mm. I, I had no idea this was a comic. Like, I mean, yeah. but it, at the end of the day, it it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's mm-hmm. it's either the story is good or the story is not good, or or I should say, you like the story or you don't like yeah. the story. Yeah. Like, or how it's done well. The fact like, that it was like, done in another yeah. medium, yeah. It's to it me missing context. My though. issue with it, and, and this and this is coming from someone who who read that though a long time ago, <laughs> and I did not revisit it before this roundtable or anything. Same. But like to me, it was like. Did that make sense to me? Like, did Iscat using her last breath to smile at Tuolin, who she has been at odds with for the entire book, did that make sense to me for the whole journey? Well, now me, they're, it didn't, now, they're, it didn't now they're sleeping together, as the epilogue implies. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. For for me, I think that it wasn't really. It just straight up wasn't needed um, because I think the scene in, the, in a comic works because the pacing in comics is just different. And it was a Vader story, and um, seventy's right. He does uh, kill them in the, in the in the comic, I believe, and oh. it, it works there fine because that's not the main purpose of the scene. And if I had gone through this book and been like, I wonder what happens to her, like I, I wouldn't have had that thought. I don't have that thought at the end of books of like, and do they survive the Clone Wars or you know what whatever happens. So I think the scene itself, while it did exist, I agree, Corey, that having an epilogue be, and this is how that character dies, is something I don't think I've seen before. Yeah, and while this scene was, it was rushed, I think it was still written okay. I just think it was a bit superfluous with the story being how she became, the, I think it ending with like, I'm the 13th sister, that, that line goes hard. I think that's actually a great way that's to end. Good. I think yeah. just end it and then there. The, and then the epilogue is her home people on her planet and a goofy little thing that has nothing to do with the story. That's what an epilogue is supposed to be. At least in the I, context of Star yeah. Wars, it's always been that. Yeah. So this was like the actual ending of the book and there was a lot of time skip before we got to the epilogue. That was really weird. Yeah. But still, explain to me what exactly happened. Why were they running from Vader exactly? I don't, I still don't totally get they fell, Vader they trying they fell to kill Vader. And Vader yeah. figured them out and was going to kill one or both of them to remove attachment yeah. from their lives. Yep, and Twalin so started to talk back to him to basically defend them. So Twalin was like basically stepping up ahead because Twalin got drunk off kill. of one shot of jungle yeah, juice. Dude can't basically. hold anything. Um, <laughs> That's right, he was hammered. I forgot about because that. Right, and, and also that. very specifically um, for Iscat's side, like she started to not feel satisfied with her role as Inquisitor. Yes, because of Twalin, but Vader was also sensing that specific bit of it and saying she wasn't dedicated to the cause. So then they raced to Coruscant. They threw a speeder at him and stuff. Uh, yeah, Very I, fun I saw, little fight there, but remember, all, I just had them killed. Okay, all right, that's, that's it. That's what I remember too. I just don't. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't move. The, it's just. I don't know. Those are those are weird plot points, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, like definitely weird. That pacing is really weird. Those are weird <laughs> plot points, and maybe it's forced because it was in the comics and they had to do it. But like, also like when you write a like a novel that's already been told in the comics, you don't have to use the same pacing as the comics. Like you can mm-hmm. really, I just, write, I think it would have been cool so. to not have done it and to have people who didn't know, like happen to be reading the Darth Vader comic and be like, Oh my God, like that's Iscat yeah, to all. That's like, that's really yeah. cool. I think to that's like, fun. to not, I don't know. You don't have to like shove it under your nose either. Like you can let connective mm-hmm. tissue exist and just yeah. let it exist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
That's fair. The ending felt abrupt. Might be a good way to say it, I guess. It well, was the, abrupt because it already. It was abrupt. Their necks were just broken, like in a split second. <laughs> I mean, they were stabbed well, by lightsabers. At the end, like I remember a specific saying, like we can kill Darth Vader and we can like rule instead of in his place. And I was like, that is very indicative of her damn name. Like she was way too big for her britches, mm-hmm. flew yeah. too close to the sun, and then Darth Vader killed her. Like, yep. that's yeah. what it ends up with. Uh, well, interesting. it's interesting because in, in a weird kind of, like, pseudo segue, you know, thinking about how this book is almost too in the middle of events and it's it's trying to connect in certain places. The next book coming out is an anthology about Return of the Jedi, which is by definition in the middle of all the events. And I think it'll be interesting. Again, I've read it. The embargo's up. I'm not going to say anything about it too much, but, like, I'm interested for you folks on this show and listening and reading to, like, go through that and see how you like that because it is a completely different writing exercise. And I think it really does, if the last two books are any indication, each story revolves much more about the execution of the story because we already know no giant revelations, no, like, huge changes are going to be made to the canon so you can just deal with how good the writer is at telling a story. And I think that's going to be a real fascinating shift that we find with these anthologies in compared to the story that worked or didn't work for all these different variety of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't feel like I've ever personally had any payoff from the Inquisitors. Ever. Not even one time. I've never liked the Inquisitors from Star Wars Rebels up until now. Not the and first we- time you saw them? When they, no. when they came flying down with their... Never. Believe it or not, Wes, I don't love those lightsabers, if you've never heard me say that, Wesley. That's incredible. Actually, I, I just never, never said anything like that. <laughs> I know. I know. Believe it or not, I've said that a couple times, believe it or not. And uh, I've just, I still don't feel any payoff from the Inquisitors. Maybe that's the point. And I'm starting to accept yeah. that, I think. Maybe mm-hmm. the point is they're supposed to suck, the Inquisitors, yeah. like all the way around, because yeah. they can't be they're Sith. They're not Sith. They no, can't they, be. They never live up to Vader. That's the point. They can't mm-hmm. be a threat because yep. Palpatine knows how that works. The reason the Rule 2 exists in the first place is because uh, an apprentice can never kill a master, but 10 apprentices can probably kill a master. You know what right. I mean? So yep. maybe yeah. that's the point. Maybe that's what we're slowly getting at is the Inquisitors are actually supposed mm-hmm. to not be very good. If that is the point. Maybe to the to the universe of Star Wars creators. If that is the point, put that in writing somewhere. Have Vader and Sidious discuss in a comic or something, setting up and building the Inquisitorias and explaining the premise of how they have to be weak. Like, if you were to do that, I would be on board with the freaking Inquisitorias. But until then, they're just characters to show up in a mini boss battle in in the in the in the Jedi Fallen Order games that you have to fight and kill, and you're going to win because they're weak as shit, all right? That's the only purpose that they have. So until until then, we'll I'm see. always going to hate their stupid lightsabers. Uh, Although somebody did fair. make the point earlier. It was probably Stephanie because she always makes the best points in our chat. Uh, that, that she didn't bleed the lightsaber because she had to be given the lightsaber. Yeah, okay, she's not because, a Sith. Yeah. yeah only Sith do that. That's a good point. Exactly. That's their nice their helicopter lightsabers are the equivalent of like a six-year-old running at somebody like when Aquaman like they're fighting like this. Ah! <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You don't know how to get out of the way what of it, it but you like hers, hers came apart though. That was new. Have we yeah. seen that yet? That's new, that right? 
Uh, I think Grand Inquisitor did that. I want to say. I want to say. You take some apart, maybe. I appreciated that. I like that she didn't really use it in the spinny configuration very much. She used it in the yeah. configuration, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, all the violence was was great. I think Dawson's command of violence is really <laughs> all, the violence all the violence lovely. was great. Oh, that was great. <laughs> really big fan of the violence. I like I liked her <laughs> pulling the wire out of Vader's helmet. Just real. Oh, subtle. that was cool. Oh, yeah, yeah that was good. Yeah. yeah, that was good. That's one of those things that we've all been asking. Like, as, yeah. as why as child, the child shows his vulnerability like, for sure. Like, just use the just use the force to turn off their lightsaber right before you yeah, hit him. You, you know, know what? You know what would have worked better? She could have humiliated Vader. Not not tried to beat him in battle. Not try to actually kill him. Right? Don't pull the wire that makes him not be able to breathe. Pull the wire that makes him poop himself in front of everybody in the pit. <laughs> Pull that wire. So it was like, oh, oh what's that smell, Darth Vader? A real oh. warrior would keep on fighting him through that. <laughs> Jesus, Wes. All right. Um, other than Vader's colostomy bag, um, any any final thoughts on Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade before we, uh, we get out of here, boys? A lot of people felt like this was one of their favorite books of all time. and Yeah, uh, very highly rated. Uh, I can appreciate that, and I, res- that. I respect that. And it seems like every book that I have a huge problem with, I, there's a huge part of the community that's like, this is my favorite book ever. And I'm like, I'm just an idiot, I think. <laughs> so Teach their own, ultimately. Yeah. I, think, I think it was a great pivot of <clears throat> finally getting some Sith, Inquisitorious, like break away from the Jedi. We finally got some good villain novel writing from Delilah Dawson or really anybody, but mm-hmm. um, I, it was, it was a, I think it was very entertaining story for sure. If you didn't mm-hmm. like go yeah. through all the, like the little editing pieces that we, um, that we kind of pointed out, which could have made it better, but it was definitely a, because it was short, it wasn't very long either. No. So it was a good, it was a, if you're going to listen to audiobook, you could probably knock this out in a week going back and forth to work. And it's oh, very easy. entertaining. Yeah. No yeah. question. Are you kidding? After, since I've started reading these freaking tomes i'm like star oh, wars man. books are like a are, are novellas yeah it's uh, a it's don't a be like me. on the toilet <laughs> if i yeah. if this i was on the toilet i would actually, die it's actually charles's fault you'd probably have hemorrhoids that's what would happen eric uh, it it's oh, charles's it. it's actually charles's fault that i don't like star wars books anymore because he introduced us to brandon sanderson reading too much of his books you know what you know what sanderson books had that the star wars books have been lacking probably since the ascendancy Chiss Ascendancy series, that's kind of What's hard to that? say, is depth. There's not enough depth yep. in world building in more recent Star Wars books. There's yep. just been heavy-hitting plot points and not enough yep. depth. And it could be because we're maybe there is depth, but we know too much. So how yeah. many yeah. times can you explain how the Force works in a book? Yeah, you know we're like, I mean? something yeah. new, something new, something new. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they assume hard. that we already know those details. Because yeah. we do. Of that. It's true. We do know yeah. those we details. Well, it's interesting. So. I mean, I literally... Also on the review team, if folks have read our reviews at Utini uh, may have noticed, we took out the originality category this year because we realized that, like, at this point, that is not necessarily the good or bad of a book because so much has been established that, like, at a certain point, you can't write about the originality of, of, a, of a licensed IP book. Um, so that might be one of the one of the things that we, is more of an acceptance as the year goes on until, again, a higher public or just ascendancy comes in. And blows the doors off and is like, never mind, guess what? This is still a brand new story and that's what's so fun about it. But it's, it gets harder to do. It gets harder to do. Um, but y'all, next week, we are going to be having uh, kind of an overall discussion about kind of the future of Star Wars books. Um, our thoughts about this and maybe the future of this very show. A little bit of tease for you guys. Um, but for right now, thank you all for hanging out. Um, and I think 
that'll do it. For this week's episode of The Living Force, if you support us at Patreon, thank you so much. And a special thank you goes out to Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Carl Sander, Zach W., Michael Fry, and Raymond Bazensky on our Jedi High Council, and James T., Ashley Ingalls, Colton Fife, Chris Carrizo, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter at Eric Eilerson, at Corey M. Helton, at C. Hankel, at Boss West, and at Living Force Pod. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey Charles and Western Product Meet tonight. Thanks to all of you for hanging out, and as always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred, there is joy. There is no division, there is union. There is no apathy, there is passion. There is no gatekeeping, there is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Cove. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you, always.